Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, social sleuths, and welcome back to Real Time Crime. I'm your host, Leah Lamar, and today we'll be discussing the Lawrence Smith Fields detectives, the death of Moses J. Mosley, a hot fugitive in the UK, uh oh, a twin getting off for murder after the other confesses, Jody, who's in Truett, and more. And y'all, cats out of the bag, <laughs> our co host, Teddy Mellencamp is a contestant on Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> this is insane, okay? This is insane. So she's out, but she'll be back soon. Don't worry. Do not fret, my pets. The first episode aired last night, so make sure to tune in. And, of course, I've always got with me my friend, sometimes Dimitri. Hello, sometimes Dimitri. <laughs> Hello, Leah. How are you? I'm fabulous. I just want to let you know I'm taking over for Teddy with a hoodie today. I'm blending. I don't know, no turtleneck. I know. I'm, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I'm doing the best of both worlds. Is it's Teddy like, wearing a turtleneck on Big Brother? Wow. That Can you imagine if we did a Freaky Friday? <laughs> 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 oh, boy. And lucky for us, we do have a guest co-host today who's absolutely incredible. She's a friend of mine. She's a hilarious stand-up comedian. She's one of the co-hosts of the very popular podcast girls got to eat with Raina greenberg and she's currently in the midst of an international tour it's my friend ashley Hesseltine. hi um i hate to start out on this note but it is Hesseltine. i knew it i knew it and i i felt it immediately in my bones i thought i ruined this already and my name is not even dimitri but i better go with it <laughs> yeah my it's, very yeah. close friend whose name i definitely know how to pronounce so it's okay because I have close friends that still get it wrong for me. And I feel like I can, I felt your anxiety right before you said it. And I was like, is she going to get it right? No, it's okay. Yeah. Do you, every time this happens to you, you're like, you're just waiting to correct someone. Well, I no, I don't like to correct people. I just like, I feel oh, like oh, I, I owe it to myself correcting me. No, I always <laughs> do. Close I just, I don't get off on it. I don't, I'm just like, oh, here I have to do it again. But I will let, tell people, I think it's how you, 
I think people can't get past what they just think it reads as. And like, I will tell people a host when I, when I'm on stage minutes before I will be like, I'll be like cute and sweet. I'm like, do you know how to pronounce my last name? And they'll be like, tell me how, and I'll say it. And then they'll just still do it wrong. I was like, is this, am I just being like punked? But yeah, the amount of people that call me Leia after I've corrected them 4,000 times, I've even thought of a funny way to get around it. My funny, I mean, so annoying where I'm like, I'm not princess Leia. I'm queen Leah. And they're like, eh, so Leia, that's, that's a little, do you think it's a little weird? Like, that's not what it's Leah. It's very obviously Leah. Thank right? you. It's like okay. I'm Jew-ish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same, same here. It's not Hessel Stein. It's just Hessel Stein. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, all right. Well, here we here. are. <laughs> We're just jumping. But right it is in. Ashley, right? It is. It's Ashley, right, actually. Oh, damn it. <laughs> it's oh Ashley. and that's the podcast guys thank you so much for listening today so ashley and i met in the basement of the stand in new york city at a holiday no 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 it was the new york comedy festival after party Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. and we were hiding from talking to other people yeah i and we just like (laughs) connected right away because you know you just meet people not even just comics you meet people and they're just like not cool or nice or fun to be around so well, I don't like put we, me in the nice category but yeah keep going right, I hate that word you're right <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. that I meant pretty honestly thank you, is what I thank meant. you. um <laughs> so we connected we connected immediately no um but <laughs> yeah we just kind of like locked in and we were like we're hanging out for the rest of the night we're gonna be attached to the hip we're gonna hit the dance floor you know we're gonna talk about our demons no I know I don't know but it was it was fun I I love meeting people down there I met a guy down in that basement and we dated for Sounds a while so weird yeah, yeah. yeah. I met a, basement. I met down a guy down basement. in the basement. We dated. Yeah, that's <laughs> only underground. That's and, and I did keep him in the basement the whole time. That's probably t- why exactly. it so long. <laughs> that's my ideal he's relationship. He's still down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some might say he's still down there. <laughs> my ideal relationship is a man who can't escape the basement, who's just handcuffed downstairs, doesn't have social media, mm-hmm. can't look at other women because he literally can't. Yeah. Prisoner. Um, it's... <laughs> I mean, anyway, so back to... I mean, it's it's good to have goals. (laughs) Someone will cut back to this clip 10 years from now when they're like, and she said on the podcast in the... I know. It'll be us when we're solving your crime. They're like, they were hiding in plain sight this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) She said exactly what she wanted. Um, Every man she ever met was terrified to go downstairs. And... (laughs) Every time she performed at the stand, there were no men at the show. Um, yeah, Ashley and, and I men can- wouldn't care. Like, it's you know, I just have to tell you because this is kind of relevant. So last night, I, I, yesterday is like the was the five year anniversary when I moved to New York. And I, I always like, I, I don't know. I love a reason to celebrate. I got all my friends together. We did a dinner at one of my favorite restaurants. And then we walked by my first apartment because it was on the same corner. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to New York, I moved into a building that I truly think was not like inhabitable. I think it was like condemned, like every, well, every, I found a true, decently large one bedroom. And I was like, I don't care that every other door in this floor has crime tape on. Like, I don't care that it has like caution tape, that it looks like a crime scene for two years. I lived in this crime scene. No one ever moved in. Like it was like five of us in the building. I eventually just stopped paying rent. I was like, I think this is like illegal, but my, my, guy friend would always joke he's like the fact that you can get laid back here he was like if it was a guy 
a, a woman would walk in and be like, okay, one door with caution tape. I don't know, maybe a little weird. The second door then you get to the back of the hallway, he was like, a guy could never bring a woman back here. She would be like, I'm too scared. And he was like, I was like, yeah, I have no problems. Like what no, guys don't care. If a guy sees the crime tape, he just, if he's getting late, he's going to think it's like a velvet rope. This is it's <laughs> It's my version of a velvet yeah. rope. <laughs> I pull it aside. Yeah. He's like, I'm in, I'm in for a good time. This bitch is crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, no guy is going to be worried about you saying you want to lock him up in the basement, right? You're good. Yeah. I mean, Ash- Ashley, we connected so hard. I wished you had a dick. <laughs> I know. I was like, could I be a lesbian? I think I would kill it. Anyway, back to the podcast. Do you guys, do you guys want like, me to turn off my screen here? or like what my camera? What's happening here? I can. Uh... Yeah, Dimitri, it's been really nice knowing you, yeah, but um, right. yeah, we were like fixing now. my hair. I'm like, what am I doing? Why? Oh my god! You're both turning red. Yeah, you're both like turning red and fidgeting with your hair. Like we can take a little stop down if we need, but it's really not time yet. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about crime. Yeah. Also, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> um obviously uh girls gotta eat very popular podcast you guys talk about everything how did you and Raina meet your co-host what's the oddest topic that's ever come up on your pod um we met oh, it's just like so I mean don't make we, me we jealous met, we, <laughs> well we met at the, on this influencer trip in Aruba I know I'm so sorry but we've never hooked up don't worry um <laughs> but we and we connected immediately like on this trip again I'm sure this is triggering really trying to make here, me jealous but, yeah, um, a but listen I'm here with you now and she I don't even know where she is <laughs> and uh we this was October of 2018 um I moved to New York like earlier in the year and we just hit it off and I wanted to start a podcast I wanted to do something about dating and sex and relationships and we just we only were friends for a few months when I just was like I feel like she'd be the right person to do this with she had like a flexible you know she ran a big Instagram. yeah like an influencer <laughs> lifestyle too like what I was doing and so we just just she was like hundred percent. Yes. Like right out of the gate. And I was like, do you feel comfortable talking about your sex and personal life? She's like, yeah, yeah. Like have we, we've been friends for a few months now. I feel like you can pick up on that and I don't give a fuck. So, um, yeah, we started in February. We started talking about it, getting it all together and launched it in February, 2018. So we're coming up on four years. Mazel. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and Leah, don't let it bother you that she met her on like a boat in the Caribbean or wherever it was. And she met you in a basement. It doesn't matter. Thank you. It, it wasn't it, a bit, it wasn't like a beachside dinner, like toes in the sand. I know. I'm so sorry. Leah's just like deflating as we look. If you had said it was on a yacht, I would have canceled the rest of this there podcast. Was, there was no yacht. Yeah. <laughs> there was no yacht. So we, we went on a catamaran the next day. But a just catamaran. a catamaran. <laughs> just a catamaran. That's how I know it wasn't that serious. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so catamaran is the swipe left of uh, boats, or was it right? I don't even know. <laughs> swipe left yeah. of it the, wasn't even private. One. It was like you know, it wasn't. Don't worry. I mean, did you even take a private jet to get there? I, no, just, we flew coach. We you know had not hit it big yet. So wow, you guys flew coach. I don't even feel anyway, like. You guys um, <laughs> um. Okay, so oh my this gosh, podcast is. Can you see my dog right like, now? Just the way he's looking, the way his the side eye with the dog right now, because so of the way Zoom is. I see your name and then I just see ears over your name. It's pretty cute, honestly. Oh, oh now yeah. the ears are gone. Okay, um, so um, what's the craziest topic you guys have ever discussed? I, I, I just, we've 
talked about so much in four years, like there's nothing that we haven't talked about. I, I, I was thinking about this, like, um, maybe something just recent we can discuss together. We get a lot of emails where women are like, is this a thing, you know, like, is this happening in the world? And recently we got a few, like more than one emails about women saying that they <laughs> hooked up with guys and the guys left their boxers and they were like, is that, are they doing this on purpose? Like, are they leaving behind boxers because they're leaving in jeans? So they know they don't have boxers on, you know, you know, when your dick hits your jeans, that the something's off. And, uh, I know we always just, we get along. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't wear underwear, so I can't relate, but like, it's kind of the same as leaving without your bra. You know what I mean? Classic um, leave behind. But we're like, are guys leaving boxers behind? They're like, is it a is it a TikTok challenge? Let me look real quick. The old <laughs> boxer leave behind. Maybe this is what the kids are doing. Yes. Um, no. But no, that's not so outlandish. That was like one thing. I mean, we've talked about everything. Like you know, we've talked about pegging, foot jobs. You know, pee fetishes. We had a whole episode on guys that want to be peed on, peed, you know, in their mouth. I don't know. So yeah, but she um we had this guest on and she was wonderful her and I'd, I'd watch her on this vice show. And I, we had so many topics we like wanted to discuss with her. And once she said that she used to kind of like fill in for this dominatrix and pee on guys, we were like, it, the episode was literally so much about that. Um, and where she used it, to fill in like a substitute dominatrix. So kind of like, she was like, I wasn't the best dominatrix, but I was like, some of the, this, she was working kind of shadowing this dominatrix and she had some clients that she didn't want to go pee on. And that's like all they wanted. So she was like, that was kind of when I would go substitute dominatrix and I was pretty good at it. And I didn't have pee anxiety. And, um, she walked us through it and it was so funny. I felt, I just felt bad for, I'm like, I'm so sorry. We didn't bring you on here to talk about this exclusively, but I didn't know that I thought it was more of a, like people like to be peed just on their body. This so, really brings it a new meaning to the term streamer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are literally live streaming today. That's what we're doing. Bring your yeah. tarp and uh, it's happening. Yeah. Love that for her. Love that for, her. you know, I wonder if um, there's a murderer who, who might not have committed the crime in jail named Balls. And that's why men are leaving behind their boxers because there's a hashtag free balls movement going on. Maybe. And they just want to be, yeah, just was just sitting on that one. Free the, free the testicle movement. Yeah. The good news is whatever crimes we talk about today are going to seem really tame as, as opposed to what we've already talked about. I think I I didn't know where, how far you guys wanted me to go. I mean, it's, I just, I feel like I, on our show four years later, I'm rarely surprised, you know, look, we've Mm -hmm. talked about everything. I'm not saying that I am into everything that we discuss, but that one caught me off guard. And, you know, I always, I need details. Do you feel like once you hear about something for the first time, you then get excited by it? Like you get a king for it? No, I no. <laughs> yeah, I never mean, mind. Moving on. And no, uh, no, no, it, no us I, neither. I think it could not everything. I'm not not like peeing. Like I, it didn't make me be like I don't. I I want to pee in someone's mouth. It didn't make me think that. But yeah, I think to be honest, yeah, of course. Sometimes I've heard of stuff and I'm like I could be into that. I never thought of that before. So yeah, it's it's happened. Interesting. Okay, and just to really do a 180 here, quick pivot. <laughs> Do you have any true crime cases that you're passionate about or anything that you like about true crime in general? Or have you committed a crime? 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I've, I've, gone to j- I've gone to, j- to jail, but like not anything, you know, wait, just, really you did for what? For d- d- DUIs. Um, like so many years ago, uh, <laughs> nice. So I, I, I am careful. Hence the move to New York. And, yep. I yeah. I was forced to move to New York where we don't drive. No, um, it was, it was a long time ago, but yeah, I've, I've been, I've been in jail a couple of times. Um, I am. So here's the thing. I think that people are so obsessed with true crime and I totally understand it. It's not content that I consume all the time, but I love it. And I almost feel like I can't get too invested. I'll keep, I'll keep myself up at night. Like I won't like, I get so obsessed. I still think about that, like Malaysian flight that they just (gasps) never found too. Like, I'm like, where's, is the plane? They did find it eventually. Oh, they did find the plane. I think they found pieces of it that had washed up because I was obsessed with that too. And I was like, that's it. I'm convinced this plane was just taken by a UFO. And I was thrilled. Right. I was I was happy going on with that. And then one day they found some wreckage. Can I just tell you guys, we know more about space than we know about the ocean. And I do believe the aliens are in the ocean. And this is why I don't fuck with it. Yeah. I do not go in the ocean. So I won't ter- yeah. dip a pinky toe in. I am <laughs> not like, really, you won't go in the o- ocean at all? The ocean. Be- because of aliens. <laughs> but sure, but- I've seen Sharknado. I know what happens in there. I am actually terrified (laughs) of like water. Like I I feel like if people, if someone was like, there's a tidal wave 3000 miles away, I'd be like, I'm like, get to high ground. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think people think they can like fight nature, fight like water. But, um, I think the ocean is terrifying. Like I, what even, um, like someone that went on a catamaran. I mean, I'll, I'll go on a boat. I'm a, I'm a white girl. I gotta take, take it anytime I can go, but like even watching Titanic, like the images alone, I like, I feel like I feel scared of like big boats and like, you know, keep it on the catamaran and the, the miniature, you know, the smaller yachts, but there's something about it that like the ocean is terrifying. They built a Titanic too. And I just remember thinking, I mean, this is destined to crash. (laughs) There's no way it won't. And also, I did recently post on my Instagram story because I was obsessed with the Titanic photos of behind the scenes of them shooting the Titanic. And they all are just wearing floaties. And I'm like, this this ruined the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen some of those photos. Yeah, you're like, I didn't need to see Leo in like a thing that a baby would wear when they're trying to learn how to swim, you know? And also, can we all agree there was room for two on the door that she was on? There was room for two. um, She was just like, just kidding. I want to be rich. You know, she was like, you know, sometimes I like to stretch out. I I don't want to. I feel like people have like, you know, there'll be like a think piece that's like funny and people like actually do it. They like figure out like, have you ever seen like I've seen these articles of like every injury in home alone, like what it would have done to done yes. to them, you know, like the I think some, article. <laughs> yes, I yeah. think somebody did like figure out if they could both fit on the door like they could have. Yeah, you know? they could have. Yeah, they could have. But, you know, she likes to sprawl out on the king bed. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, guys, we got to take a quick break. And I promise we're going to get to crime right after this. But we've been having a lot of fun chit chatting away. We'll be our Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Welcome back to Real Time Crime. You guys, we are now going to get into the crime part of Real Time. And we're going to hit some of our hot topics. I'm joined by our co-host, Ashley Hessel. Time nailed it and <laughs> nailed it, <laughs> and also co host sometimes Dimitri, who is often Dimitri, he's been upgraded just for now. Dimitri, don't get too used to it. Uh, I'm not gonna uh, trust me, I'm, I'm aware Wait, that, that, can that's I ask gonna a fall question. Um, yeah. can I ask a question? This is, I swear, this is not this. Is, I'm asking for a friend. We never get to crime in this episode. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> This is my plan the whole time. I'm like, I don't know about crime. Um, You're like, wait, wait, wait a second. Can we talk about <laughs> Britney Spears? I'm like, yeah, please. Let's go. Um, um, Dimitri, are you single? I am not. Okay. No. I swear to God. Wait, 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 I wait, swear wait, wait, to God, wait, wait. He looks like Raina's type. I don't even know if oh, you're, you're like Brian Laundry. Sorry, Dimitri. I had oh, my God. <laughs> that guy, that guy really took, you know, he really took it down for us. No, you're way better looking than him. Okay, well, I just wanted to Thank ask. you, and yeah. I don't have those murderous tendencies. Thank well, you. I wouldn't go that far. Do you but... have a diary, though? <laughs> uh, do you have a no. journal? <laughs> no. Do you like to go hiking? No. Lou's journal. Got it. <laughs> do you have a white van? <laughs> okay. Okay. This, I'm going straight to anything. hell. Straight to hell. Also, th- can I just say, I think that made Dimitri's ear. <laughs> yes, I mean, it- Thank you, Leah. Yes. So on top of everything <laughs> you've insulted me with, she has now hit me with nobody has ever asked Dimitri if he was available. That's sweet. Awesome. You know, not everybody can meet in a basement. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh boy. All right. We're going to yeah. go straight into the hot topics after that hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not wearing hot topic. I hate, I hate myself. Okay. Guys, guys, we're just going to, we've already wasted like hours of podcast time. On. <laughs> no, nothing has been wasted except for you when you were driving a car, Ashley, but. Oh my I- God. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was great. That was great. <laughs> Also, how many DUIs do you have? Um, a two and a half. Uh, Love that for you. I don't uh, know that they do halves. The, so on the half one, did we get a good the best, lawyer? The, the best lawyers do halves. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. I. I mean, this. This like. I, That's I when really we really want a Jew, not someone who's Jewish. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, his name was Thomas Thomas. That was my lawyer. Um, <laughs> can't make it up. And he was the best. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, I, I, I taught, I used to be a little more like, it's not, it's a serious topic. I used to talk about a little more flippantly. I'm way more careful now. Cause it's like not cool, you know, but it was like a, you know, bad time in my life. I was super irresponsible and I racked up a few. So, uh, and now, you know, I can't tell people enough, like, don't do it obviously, you know, and you don't have to, we have Uber and a shout out to Thomas Thomas. Shout yeah, to shout Thomas, out, Thomas. A, yes. a name so nice. They named it twice. <laughs> exactly. And also forces you to live in New York, New York after that. But oh, wow. OK. Yeah. <laughs> OK, you guys. So. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Time to jump into the actual pod topics for today. I know that we've been talking about Lauren Smith Fields for the last couple of weeks. And yes, folks, there's more detectives involved in the death case of Lauren Smith Fields are now suspended. So we already know much about this case. And Lauren Smithfields was found dead in her apartment after a date last month. And now the two detectives have been placed on administrative leave and they're being investigated by the police department's internal affairs office. According to the mayor, disciplinary actions may also be taken against them due to a lack of sensitivity to the public and failure to follow police policy in the handling of two cases. And I'll get to the other case in just a second. It's unacceptable failure if policies were not followed, the mayor said. The detectives were also being investigated for their handling of the case of Brenda Lee Rawls, who was found dead and alone in her apartment on the same day as Smith Fields. The families of both Smith Fields and Rawls claim that the police failed to notify them of the deaths and say they learned of them from other people. Both women are black And the supervisory officer who was in charge of overseeing these investigations retired from the department on Friday, the mayor said, adding that the cases are both under active investigation and have been reassigned. So this is interesting news. And I know that last episode, Daphne was and all of us were discussing how they think that race has something to do with why these deaths were underreported and not fully investigated, especially in in that town. And I don't know, I think, what do you guys think about the chance that they go back over the cases and the details and find out what really happens now that it's going to be reassigned? Well, do they have more details about the like cause of death? (laughs) Here's, Here's the interesting did thing. Did I miss that? I'm sorry. No, did I like no, black out? Okay. No, it, it's no. It's just the details were so poorly uh, investigated from like the that's jump. that's the whole thing. Yeah. But that's the whole problem. So part of me thinks that this might be one of those cases. I hope that these don't go unsolved, but, you know, they, they never even investigated 
Matthew LaFontaine, who was the last person with her and was the person who reported her dead. Seems like the first place you might start with that investigation is the last person to see her alive. Right. And so they could re-investigate and they could bring him in for further questioning. But I don't know. This is so disappointing and so odd that two of the detectives are are now out. I mean, I don't know. I'm rambling. I I understand. I do understand why people want to discuss the race aspect of it. I think that came Mm -hmm. up a lot with Gabby Petito, where it was like, uh, do you know how many indigenous women have been missing, you know, that no one ever talks about? Um, And which is, it's not to take away from her case, but it was kind of like, why does this feel like this is getting so much attention? Because it's this white girl, you know, and I think a lot of people of color were like, can we get some attention on these people who have been missing and unsolved for, for so long? It's been going on for so long. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just, <clears throat> that's so devastating. I just, where is this again? Can you remind me? Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah, this is in Bridgeport. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know what that, I mean, that has to do with it. Uh, it's just, it's, ter- it's terrifying <laughs> if you, that you think that like these people who are, you know, whatever, whatever you are supposed to, you know, protect and serve are like finding dead bodies and not even like doing the bare minimum of well, not even telling the family that like the family no, that, yeah. isn't even like that's insane like listen i've i've half-assed a bunch of jobs in my life but not never a job like that where especially it's this one yeah oh i was trying not to say it but thank you um <laughs> but when you're like that's your job and there's people that don't know where their loved one is and you you don't it doesn't even cross your mind in two days to reach out and let them know even just on like a human like compassion level like you don't think there's people that want to know where this a person is this is someone's daughter this is someone's you know sister mother maybe friends like girlfriend like it's just it's like pretty insane I mean is that what you're feeling like is are people thinking that, that the cops had something to do with it or is it just like the problem is that they did it they went about it I think it's uncertain but also Bridgeport is a predominantly white neighborhood, which we discussed last episode. So that is of importance here. And the other thing is, in the case of Brenda Lee Rawls, her body was at the medical examiner's office on December 14th, two days after she was pronounced dead. And the police never notified them of her death. What? Mm -hmm. All like white police? I mean, mm-hmm. is that- well, the family apparently later in the week learned um, that a detective had been assigned to the case and they left him at least four messages and he never even returned them. And he's one of the two detectives who was suspended and put on administrative leave. It's not the- like it's I mean, listen, I don't know what's going on in Bridgeport, but it, this doesn't sound like they're too busy with like the raging, you know, crime of this huge metropolis. Not that that's an excuse, but like what else are you guys even doing? Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you, you had one job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and in, in the case of, of Lawrence Smith Fields, like they didn't even handle the, the, the crime scene appropriately. So that's that now that's twice to your the top two things on your job listing, I would assume for something like this, seal off the crime scene and do everything you need to do and notify the family. Neither one was done. So I mean, you cannot continue to work, right? I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I know it's like so hard to put a cop out of work, but like what? Yeah, it's like, that's why I said like the bare minimum, it feels like. Yep. 
And also Brenda and Lauren died on the same day. Do we think that there could be any relation? Oh my God. I I mean, I have no idea. That sounds, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But in Bridgeport, I don't, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, my, my instinct is to think it's not related, especially since Lauren's was like a a drug overdose, whether it was accidental or not. I don't know. I don't know. What was the other, uh, what was uh, the uh, Brenda Lee Rawls? Uh, cause of death do we know we don't know yet right so the detective hasn't let us know mm, right all right it's time for us to and the only reason i'm moving through this because we've talked about it for the last few episodes um but yeah this is devastating and despicable and i'm really glad they were suspended and i hope that justice can be served with new detectives on the case right All right, let's move on to our next hot topic. And I just want to say right now, trigger warning, suicide. If you're listening to this podcast, trigger warning, always murder, suicide, Leah's jokes. (laughs) Okay, so Walking Dead star Moses J. Mosley found dead at 31 and the cops do suspect suicide. He was famous for playing one of the zombies in The Walking Dead and they're investigating the circumstances around his death. They said that they found his body Wednesday in the Hudson Bridge area of Stockbridge, Georgia, and the bridge covers a freeway. They're told that there's an active investigation into how his body ended up in the area and whether or not foul play was involved. Apparently, the family said they hadn't heard from him since Sunday of the week prior, and they called to hospitals to no avail. And on Wednesday morning, they filed a missing police person's report. Riley, (laughs) please help me. On Wednesday morning, they filed a missing person's report. Then they contacted OnStar, which tracked the car. And that's how they discovered the body. And a family member told the press that Moses died of a gunshot wound. But investigators are working to find out who pulled the trigger. So... They're saying that it's possibly a suicide and other people are saying that there might be foul play involved. What do you guys think? Where was the gunshot wound? Again, information we don't have. Why okay. can't they just tell Do us I just everything? Ask, like, the questions that- no, you, you something- ask the questions we're all asking. It's like, yeah. why can't they just give us all the information? You know, that's okay. something that you should that be able to Brian tell. Laundry. Yeah. Like, well, here's the thing. Okay, since you brought that up, Brian Laundry, they found him after he had been underwater and all this stuff. And they're like, yep, he killed himself. And now they found they found Moses. They said it's a gunshot wound. And like, we're trying to figure out whether it was a self-inflicted gunshot. I, I feel like, not that I have vast knowledge into this type of stuff, but I feel like they can usually tell pretty quickly whether someone pulled the trigger. I'm sure right. there's not much movement after that, right? So if they found Brian Laundry with a gun and a wet notebook and they're like, yeah, he killed himself. And this one, they're like, we're still trying to determine. That makes me think that there's got to be something further that leads them to believe that maybe there was foul play. I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I'm not like an expert on this, but aren't like gun deaths via suicide and via homicide just totally different? I, I, I thought that was like pretty easy to figure out. Um, not to like go down that some morbid road, but right. I, I don't no. know. Morbid road is actually the new name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this guy right now. Cause I used to watch that show pretty regularly. Also, um, I gotta be honest who uses OnStar? 
I haven't heard that in so long. I, was I like, what is that? Again? Literally was like, wait, did this happen in 1990? But maybe it's coming back and it can, you know, this could be a good. I always thought all star was just it. an SNL sketch. I didn't realize it was a real thing. <laughs> when can you, so were you saying that it was like his body? Maybe I like blacked out again, like under a bridge, like in the, was it found in the water or like under a no, bridge? So this is the thing is that, so the Hudson bridge, um, is over a freeway. So it's like oh. an overpass, an underpass. Oh, an, okay. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. I heard but, bridge and was like, what? Okay. But yeah, that's the other thing too. It's like, if you're going to shoot yourself in the head, you don't need to also throw yourself off a bridge. A hundred percent. I know. That's what I was kind of thinking too. Like those don't match up, but then also like what was going on under that bridge? Like, is that a place where we know what happens under bridges, but was he involved in like something where you'd meet somebody under a bridge? Mm. Okay. I'm sorry. Detective Ashley's on the case. (laughs) And, but but the OnStar obviously found the car. So was he in his car or was his car nearby? So many questions, so many questions, no answers. But I think that we will probably find out some more in the next coming weeks. I feel like the answer is there. Where's the gunshot wound, right? Like a wire, we're spinning our wheels on this. Now I'm like so invested. See, this is why I can't like get into this stuff because I I won't be able to let it go. Yeah, well, Well, the problem is, and I don't mean, none of us mean to sound callous. We know that that somebody died and that's obviously sad, Mm -hmm. whether it be suicide or foul play. Of course. But but the frustrating thing is it seems like there's certain things and probably coming off the last cases we just discussed, there seems like there's more information. I know they don't share everything, but to share, they suspect suicide. It was gunshot wound. There's some pretty obvious questions that aren't answered. And so you you can understand why we get riled up talking about it. Mm -hmm. Also, the sentence, the family member tells us Moses died of a gunshot wound, but investigators are working to find out who pulled the trigger. To me, lets me know that there is definitely more information. I I know. And I just I really feel like you. I feel like these statements feel so weird to say because I really don't know. But like that, why would you go to this underpass to take your own life? I mean, I guess people do whatever, but I I mean, it just, it feels, my instinct feels like someone killed him. I also don't feel like we have all the information. I'm like, did you die on the freeway? Did you die above the freeway? Did, were you shot in the head and then you fell over the bridge or did you commit suicide and then fall over the bridge? Was your car? I just have a lot of questions. Well, and that's stuff that you can, that like people would see from the body as well. If you fell and like broke bones and had, you Mm. know, like uh what is like bot trauma to the body right and are there no cameras in the area you know are there no cameras on bridges it seems like after everything that happens with bridges and under bridges they should just build a bridge with cameras in them I'm so fascinated by bridges and like how they're built i think it's crazy but that's like and... a, that's a topic for another time <laughs> no 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 let's do it now speaking of bridge- <laughs> bridges Speaking of bridges, London Bridge is falling down. I actually never knew what that meant, but we are heading over to a story in London. Can't can't wait for this one. Britain's hot fugitive is now in police custody after his mugshot went viral. Daddy. Oh, he's hotter than than Jeremy Meeks. He's Uh, literally. I mean, they're both hot, but he's so hot. He's unbelievable. I will use this photo later for. Nope. personal nope. use but 
I <laughs> I'm putting it in the spank bank. So the London British police have taken into custody convicted burglar. He's just a burglar. It's not like he's hurting. I would not be saying (laughs) this if it was like a different type of crime. Like, you know what I mean? He's just stealing hearts. Okay. So the the burglar, Jonathan Cahill, whose mugshot they posted on social media last week in hopes of sending him back to prison after a suspected parole violation. Ooh, he's such a bad boy. He sparked 95,000 comments, largely from women offering to help locate him for uh, totally different reasons. I wonder what they were. Um, they said that they were asking if, you know, they people could help locate him. And a lot of women seemed drawn to the 37-year-old's blue eyes, chiseled jawline, stony gaze, and his six-foot height. Dirty. Okay. Someone said, Daddy, I'm in love with a criminal. Love it. Someone else wrote, I mean, he has committed a crime, but dang. (laughs) Someone someone said, I have handcuffs. (laughs) That was so funny. The handcuffs. It's like... Leah, which one was yours? Which What did you comment on? The- oh, mine was too dirty for them to oh, okay. repost in the article, but <laughs> it got it's it's hidden. It's in the hidden comments section. It just <laughs> went through a word filter. They were like, Damn. yeah, mine was you can keep me in the basement anytime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in my basement, actually. You guys, he uh, apparently has been branded the fit felon or criminally hot. <laughs> oh, my God. Blue eyed bandit. Yeah, yeah. Blue eyed bandit, baby. A lot of people compare him to Wakefield's uh, Jeremy Meeks, who we brought up earlier, the hot felon who went viral in 2014 from the California Police Department sharing his mugshot where he was hot AF, where people are calling him jail bay. Anyway, do we think that people should get recognition for their attractive mugshots? And do you Uh, think Jonathan is attractive? Can we back up to... What if you woke up and that guy was in your house? I would be like, is if I dreaming, like if you woke up and that guy's in your home, I would be like, get in my, in my bedroom. Like, like what it just, it would be so crazy to me to like wake up and be like, oh, I heard a noise. And then there's just like, the yeah, I'd be like, wow, I manifested this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, hey, you can take whatever you want. Just uh, can you come into the bedroom first? Just I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you grab the lube on the way in? Like, it's just like so. I No, I don't. This is, you know, it's weird to talk about it, but we he's hot. It's what it is. It doesn't mean he should get off. He should get me off. But I mean, it just it doesn't mean that it's like he shouldn't pay for his crimes. But Like we can say somebody's hot. Also, how do you fuck up pretty privilege? I know like that is everything went wrong for you that you have a burglar. It's like, you're hot, dude. Just get an OnlyFans. Well, well, cause and yeah, I, yes. And also like, not that I'm condoning this either, but you only could just like dirty job. You could like kind of like, you could, <laughs> there it is. You could like dirty John this. If you're that hot too, like maybe he doesn't want to put in the work, but like you could definitely scam women for money <laughs> Not that I'm endorsing that either, but like you could do this. You could get your bills paid 
in a different way. Yeah. You know, I have a hundred dollar bill right now with his name on it. This guy <laughs> magic- is basically Channing Tatum if he never got a movie role. And he yeah. Magic mugshot. Yeah. But Channing Tatum <laughs> is like he's, um, you know, he's my number one. But his his te- his doesn't have a good smile. Like, I wonder if this guy is a good smile. Channing What's wrong with his smile? His teeth are bad and he doesn't look good smiling. His smile ruins everything. So I, I wonder feel why like he never got him fixed. You would think, but maybe. I don't know, but I wonder if this guy, like what his teeth look like, because that could ruin everything. Also, he's British, so they're probably not great. Can we get a smiling picture? (laughs) Yeah. Can we? uh, Yeah. Can we pull up a smiling photo of him? Thank you. You know, I just think it's working for some women. Ashley might not be you. Women are literally like masturbating to this guy and they're and to the thought of him being like a criminal. Like, I'm not saying that I am, but. I'm not saying I am, but can you see my other hand? <laughs> Couldn't wait for a break. Really? Just right in the middle of the segment. I, so I like was, I was so invested in the Jeremy Meeks thing. Cause he was like the original hot, hot criminal, whatever. He looked a little too, I mean, he had the neck tattoos. Like he, he looked a little like, I'll take it, but he might me up a little like this guy has he's mm. a little more of the a little more clean cut looking they're both hot i don't know i, I don't know why we're doing a mary kill with these criminals do you have an, a third to throw into the mix yeah well we're fucking and marrying these guys who are we going to kill <laughs> there, there is no uh i don't find a photo with him smiling at all which yeah. granted most burglars don't walk around smiling i think <laughs> they're like eh. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Um, he's looking in every reflection. He's, he's like looking in every mirror, every glass surface <laughs> in the camera. Do, do you think he knows he's hot? Like, yeah, yeah, he knows he's hot. He's probably committed a lot more chose, burglaries. And he chose but... that path. It's just so interesting to, to choose that path when you're like so objectively good looking. Maybe he thought life was too easy and he wanted to make it harder. Mm-hmm. You know, he really just yeah. wanted to make it harder more of a challenge than having (laughs) everything handed to him i get it all right let's move on to our next hot topic (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right a chicago man who's released from prison 20 years oh my gosh sorry later this This story is is crazy makes me feel crazy but yes after how crazy okay after his twin brother confesses to the murder are they hot are they lol so after two decades being behind bars for a murder in 2003 a shooting that he never committed his identical twin brother finally confesses to the crime kevin dugar broke into tears as he was released from the Cook County Jail on Tuesday night and reunited with his loved ones as a free man. Apparently, the judge granted his release pending trial on a signature bond, and he walked out into the open air and breathed his first breath as a free man in almost 20 years. So what's so crazy about this is he spent 20 years in jail after a shooting of a rival gang member, like I said, that he never committed. and. He was convicted in 2005, sentenced to 54 years in prison. For years, he maintained his innocence. And what's so crazy is that this case was described as stranger than fiction in a wild plot twist that his twin brother, Carl Smith, admitted to having carried out the murder in a confession that was made first in a letter to him in 2013, nearly a decade after he was convicted. 
this is so crazy. Do you feel like the brother felt no guilt? You know, what the brother, the brother admitted this in 2013 in a letter to his twin brother, but like that didn't ever surface till now or why didn't they get him out of jail? Yeah. Apparently they waited till a confession. What, what do you think changed after 20 years to lead to this confession? Well, I don't understand why this didn't happen in 2013. What am I not understanding? Let alone. No, but but yes, I understand that because this is when he sent that letter and, and admitted to it, but let's go back another 10 years back to when it first happened. This guy says he didn't do it, right? There's a twin brother. Uh, right. They never once looked into that. Listen, they, well, we have an eyewitness. He looks like this. Well, damn, there's somebody else that looks exactly like that as well. I, I need so much more information. I like will lose sleep over this. I exactly that. Like, wh- like, did, was he like, wasn't he like, maybe it was my twin brother who's in a gang too or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it was a, they said rival gang member. So were they both in the gang? Like, w- did he just not want to, was he taking the, was he taking the hit for his brother? Maybe. Cause I mean, well, uh, were, they, were they estranged? Like, you know, or were they like tight? And he's like, I don't know. I, I'd rather like take the hit. I mean, I have so many questions. I feel like I, there's nothing. I just, you know, makes me sick. It makes me sicker than like people being in jail that like wrongfully accused. I feel like the government should pay for you like to live till, till you die. It makes, it's like so insane. I feel like you should get such a payout if you spent any time at all in jail wrongfully accused, but that's a you know different topic. Well, th- what's so crazy is apparently uh, in 2018, the judge ruled Smith is Smith's confession, not credible. The letter. Yeah. And so that's so wild. And uh, Smith, the twin had been denied an appeal himself as he was already serving out a 99 year sentence for a home invasion where a child was shot in the head. So prosecutors were questioning the motives behind the confession, telling the judge that he only came forward after a a court upheld his own conviction for attempted murder at the time. So it just seemed like maybe he just wanted to get his brother off because he was already going to be already going to be that. I mean, that's explains why he did it then. But here's what's interesting as well. So we're talking about Kevin Dugar, right? And then his twin mm-hmm. brother, Carl Smith. They're twins. They don't even have the same name. I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, maybe, who knows? Uh, maybe people, you know, do you grow think up I in different households or something. But, huh? Do you think I have a long lost twin? Yeah. Who's uh, not a comedian and just doesn't use curse words and lives a normal life and maybe is married with children somewhere in the Midwest. (laughs) She's boring as shit. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so crazy. I need, I need information on that. You know, maybe they're very progressive Dimitri and one of them took their wives' last names. Maybe while they were each committing murders and whatnot. All right. I think let's take a quick break before we head into our final case for today. We'll be right back. Stay safe in between the commercial break and before we reemerge into our final case. Where did this voice come from? BRB. (laughs) 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. She's the shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Real Time Crime. I hope you did not commit a 30-second crime while waiting for the podcast to return. And if you did, mazel tov. All right. Our next case, our next case is about Jody who's in Truett. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this case, but if not, I'll give you a little background info. Jody was a 27-year-old morning news anchor in Mason City, Iowa at CBS affiliate KIMT. She worked in Cedar Rapids, then Minnesota, and back to Iowa at KIMT. And what happened was in the early hours of June 27th, 1995, she disappeared on her way to work as an anchor of the Daybreak Show KIMT. The producer called her at four in the morning when she didn't arrive for work, assuming that she had overslept and answered and was rushing to get to work. Okay. By 6 a.m., she still had not arrived. 
Since she didn't show up to work, 7 a.m., the staff called the police to do a welfare check and found her belongings scattered and her Mazda Miata still in the parking lot of her apartment building. There was a clear sign of a struggle on her way to her car. They found a partial palm print at the scene. And just so you know, Jody was single and she lived alone and her apartment was located next to a river. Three neighbors told investigators they heard a scream in the early hours of June 27th and saw a white van in the parking lot, which to this day has never been identified. ABC News's 2020 just aired a special on her case Friday, January 28th, which is bringing attention back to the case. So the case, nine months before her disappearance, she reported someone was following her in a white truck while she was out on a run. And while police were investigating the site, a man claiming to be a friend of Jody's named John Van Size was also just want to let you know, Van is in his last name, Van Size, was the last man to see her, drove to the apartment and was cooperative with police. There were reports of Jody hanging out with a male the night before, banging on the door for two to three minutes, saying, Jody, let me in. Police found the toilet seat up in her apartment and wine glasses. Also, the night before, Jody attended a charity golf event at a country club and left around 8 p.m. John said that Jody came over to his house after she left the charity event to watch a 15 minute video of her birthday party, then went home. But Jody was home by 824 because she made a long distance phone call to a friend. So factoring in the 10 minute drive to John's place after the country club and the length of the video, then Jody's drive home. The timeline doesn't add up. She would have been home at 825, but she made the call at 824. See, that's how you collect details from a crime scene and piece things together. Not that they solved it, but at least look at all that information. Yeah, not that it helped at all, but look at all that information. (laughs) I mean, it just. okay. keep on. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. John was 49 years old. Jody was 27 years old. And John had a fancy boat named after Jody. There was, was it a yacht or was it a ca- what a catamaran? catamaran. Was, it, <laughs> was it like a dinghy? Like what kind of boat? A dinghy. Like is John like a sugar daddy? All right. Let's, uh, we'll go a little into more into the details and okay. There was I speculation mean- on when he named the boat before or after her disappearance. What? Can't you? I mean, when when did he put it on the boat? When do you name the boat? Don't, I mean, don't they have records of that? You feel like there so goes crazy. that thing about great information. Yeah, it's like who painted Jody on the, the boat? name on the boat? How do we like that? Seems like we should have that info. I have no tolerance for. I guess we'll never know. It's like no, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. solvable, right? Yeah, in Jody's journal, she wrote about John in a very positive manner, saying that she went water skiing with him, had a lot of fun with him, and like they had a father daughter relationship. Hmm. That's what I said when I was dating a man who was 52. <laughs> I mean, did you get a well, boat I mean, named after you? I guess I didn't get far there. enough. Sure, it's his out love there life. Dimit- Dimitri, that really hurt, honestly. You know, Sorry. he didn't love she's me enough. She's already triggered by the me. boat stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, John was on a walk with his friend LaDonna Woodsford at 6 a.m., but police say Jody was abducted at 4 a.m. John said he was sleeping at 4 a.m. A lot of people believed he had something to do with it. He took a polygraph test and passed twice. But don't we know that all polygraph tests aren't 100% accurate? Mm-hmm. And also, we have a detail that's coming in two seconds that will make me feel even more like this isn't true. So he was subpoenaed in 2017 and asked to provide finger and palm prints in grand jury proceedings. April 2019 issued statements saying living he was living in a suspended hell and had no involvement in the abduction. 
but John has recently been diagnosed with progressive Alzheimer's disease. He's still a person of interest, but has not yet been charged for anything. So let me just ask you this question. If you have progressive Alzheimer's disease and you take a polygraph test, is it possible you pass because you literally forgot? You literally don't know or remember the information that is true? Maybe. That's possible, but it depends on when these were taken because this happened in 95. But that's an interesting point. I mean, I'm just, this is a serious question. Like if you have Alzheimer's or dementia, or is it possible that you could pass a polygraph test because you actually don't have access to that memory anymore? Right. Or you like believe you, you, I always wonder if, you know, sometimes people just tell themselves something enough that they like truly believe it. Like they're, but you know, in terms of like you're enough that you would pass a polygraph, but I don't know. I mean, wait, can we back up? Did he report? Was he was he was uh, they said he was um, cooperative. Did he report her? Any or no, no? They the just staff, called him in for a question. Yeah, the staff at her job. Oh, at her called. job. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, they just said he was like cooperative. They're I mean, like, do you know anybody suspicious? So they're like, well, there's a 49 year old guy who named his boat after her. Maybe check that. Yeah, I mean, the thing it just makes me feel like they that her going to his place was a quick fight or something. Like it makes me feel that she mm-hmm. drove over there after this charity event because they were in a fight or something and it like, it was like something happened quickly. It blew up and then she went home and then he came and, and well, then it, did they but know also, when she would have gotten a, like, I mean, I don't know what time the scream was, but the, the go, go to someone's house for 15 minutes to watch a video. is like that. That doesn't make sense. It makes no. me feel like there was like a, some sort of blow up and she left like hurriedly and went home and called her friend on a long distance call to like talk about this thing that happened. Also, what point. was the birthday video? Was he showing her something that was like, who's that guy? Or, you know, I mean, there could have been a fight about something like that. Right. Cause and- it's her birthday video. She was there. So what does she have to run over there to watch this thing? No, it was so odd. The well, other do we thing know is- about the birthday video. What do you mean birthday video? I mean, that was 95. So it's like, what, what did, was there a videographer there? What are we talking about? Was it a camcorder? Did he have some, he edited her a birthday video? We need all, oh. all this information about the video. I love that, that he's like, wait a minute, who's this guy you're talking to in the video? Like, that's my thought. Yeah. But also the fact that someone mysteriously was banging at her door, door late at night saying, let me in. And then they found the toilet seat up aka a man came in and that there were wine glasses yeah you know it was like he came in they hung out they continued to fight the van is suspect i mean the van is sus vans are always sus don't get a white van if you're a man yeah and then i mean doesn't want to seem like he's committing or about to commit a crime don't get a white van did more than one person even like like say did to see the van or was it maybe somebody just trying to be involved? They're like, I saw a white van. I think, you know, like, do we really know? There was a white van found at her parking lot that oh. had never been identified to be owned oh. by anyone, That's which is so, so wild and no fingerprints or anything. They found one, they found one half palm print. That's all oh. they found. And that's why they took his fingerprint and pop paw print, palm print. <laughs> I mean, all men are dogs. Sorry to me, Trey. <laughs> so, you know, I, I do think that it, it's hard for me to believe that he didn't have anything to do with it. And the fact that he was just going for a walk at 6 a.m. with a friend seems like a great alibi. But obviously, he could have been awake at 4 a.m., committed the crime and then went off for a walk with his friend. 
hundred percent. Like that's such a huge, where's his alibi from 9 PM or 10. Yeah. The only time I go for a walk at 6 AM is when I was up at four. The thing is, like, does he normally go for walks at 6 a.m.? Is that his exercise routine? Right. If, not, if, then that's I, if that was my alibi, routine. they'd be like, that's such a lie. You've never been up at six ever, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I'm up at six, I'm not springing into action. But does he have an alibi from, I mean, I guess. Why are we not the detectives be, on this I, case? I, <laughs> I just this the, the thing about. It's like you've got to look at this relationship, like, because she's writing in her journal about him. He names a boat after her. Like what, what, you know, what's going on there. Yeah, no, but you know what, Leah, you bring up a good point. I feel like we should be the investigators on this. We have really ramped up from the beginning of this podcast. I feel like if we had like two or three more cases, we'd probably solve one of them. A hundred percent. I mean, we're really getting in deep here. This is my dream to be like, well, actually I want to be, I guess, I guess a detective, I want to interrogate people is my true calling. Like, that's what I, I don't know that I'm like, really want to be like a full-blown detective, but I want to be the like interrogator that's finding like plot holes. And when people are lying, like, that's what I feel like I'd have like a, it's in my soul. I would hate to be any of your (laughs) ex-boyfriends. Yeah. It's it's brutal for sure. I mean, I feel like dating just made me realize that is my true calling. (laughs) I mean, honestly, yeah. You're like, okay. And so he ghosted. We're going to get to the bottom of this case. He better be dead. So, <laughs> okay. So, so there are some more details in this case. The case then turned to a serial rapist, Tony Jackson, who lived in Mason City, just a few blocks from KIMT at the time of Jody's disappearance. Tony was convicted of rape two years after Jody went missing. The crimes are unrelated, by the way. And a former cellmate reported that Tony spoke about murdering an anchor woman and her body was in Tiffin, Iowa, about two and a half hours from Mason City. Okay, so police searched that area and found no signs of human remains. Jackson spoke to 2020 from prison and denied he had anything to do with the case and was cleared in 1999. And I'll just say that we do know a lot of times people admit to murders that they never committed and crimes that they never committed. We don't know why. We don't know if it's just the rush. We don't know if they just want attention, but it's possible that that's not true. Another theory was of the death of Bill Pruin, who died three months before Jody went missing of a gunshot wound to the head. And it was first ruled a suicide, but changed to could not be determined. Another man, Thomas course Cadden was also brought up. He lived 45 minutes from Mason City at the time, and he owned a white van that he used with prostitutes. He was later convicted of sex crimes and is serving his time in jail. White Jody van. declared legally dead by her family in June 2001. But like, that feels kind of like easy. Like, I mean, not just just because you're a, a sex offender doesn't mean you're a murderer. Like if she had no no connection to him whatsoever, I'm not defending the, the, the rape, the sex offender, mm-hmm. but like, I don't even, where did, what, why did they think Bill Pruin did it? I read, I read the info you guys sent his, his family is like, can you guys stop? Like, this is but our he dad. Di- like, this what, is, so why weird, did though. he think- died three months before she disappeared? So I don't, I, I'm missing. Well, why was connection. he even a suspect? What yeah. was, what did he have a criminal record? I missed that. So apparently some people think that because she was investigating his death, that Oh, he was murdered. Oh, oh, she was investigating his. Okay. Oh, I see. And I don't think it's it's Bill. Her life in danger. So he's not a suspect. It's whoever may have killed Bill. Now that they realize he was murdered, may have then come after her. And we never know who killed. But I I thought his daughters were saying like 
they were defending. I don't know. Like why John got off the hook with the polygraph, basically. Which you can't even, it it doesn't hold up in court, does it? Because it's based on like people's heart and the blood and and stuff like that. So they can't. What if you don't have a heart or a soul? Were there not like, were there not uh, like lip marks on the wine glasses? Like the, like, did he wash the wine? Like what, weren't there multiple wine glasses, the toilet seat? Like, was he there wearing gloves? Well, I know when I go to a man's house, I don't leave a trace of DNA. (laughs) I just don't want the other girl to know about me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, because I don't like to do a classic leave behind, you know, when I'm done with with (laughs) your boxers, you're you're taking your boxers (laughs) with you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I, I think that it's clear that who there are four men named in the case, but I think John is the most suspicious in my opinion. I want to hear just everything. I want to hear like John's whole night. Like I want, like, I want them to be like, okay, John, well, she was, she made a call from a landline, you know, at this time. So you actually, she wasn't there for 15 minutes. Like what, like I need all the information there. And then, so, okay. So she came at eight, she left at eight 15. What'd you do till you went on your 6am walk? Do you normally t- like, I have so many more questions for John. Here's who I want to talk to. But he also has progressive Alzheimer's, so he might not even have the ability. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, Ashley. Very good, Ashley. But here's the deal. Didn't they say John went for a walk at 6 a.m. with a friend? Yeah. I want to talk to the friend. I want to know what John's behavior was at six o'clock. I want to know if they really did go for a walk. I want to know what that I want to talk to that friend. And especially since if John does have Alzheimer's now, I, I doubt that the friend does as well. So. Right. Well, I, and I want to know from the friend what John's 5 a.m. phone call to her was like. Also, if you're going, yeah, right. If, oh, yeah. Yeah. If hey, you're do you want to go walk, for a walk? No reason. Yeah. yeah. If you're going for a walk with a friend at six, you also know when they painted their boat. That's hilarious. Right. But for real, like th- there is certain things that somebody like that can answer. But also like, I mean, it's just unfortunate the boat these thing. are the types of case that just like with Lauren Smithfield, where if they don't get the evidence when the case happens, they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's like if they didn't get a DNA sample from the wine glass, they're not going to get it now, 20 right. years later. You know, I mean, this is just such a tragedy. I, I hope that something cracks in the case now that there's more attention to it. But I guess we'll just wait to find out more information. But like, I would want to know, like the wine glasses are part of this. We're part of the investigation. So when you drink wine, they're full blown fingerprints and lip. Like, so if there were no trace of fingerprints, that's a sign that someone like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so. And yeah, were you wearing you're... gloves, drinking wine, and but, also but lifting the going, seat? But if you're going in with gloves, ready to kill is this somebody, my OBGYN? Do, like, do who is stop? this? But like, if you're going to kill somebody, do you and you're wearing gloves? You're that prepared? Are you having a glass of wine? I don't know. <laughs> Ask OJ Simpson. If you see, yeah, if somebody sits down with you and says, "Oh, I don't want to dirty your glass," and they put on rubber gloves, get the <laughs> out of there. Right. Yeah, and like, how did they put the glove on? Was it like? You and know, then you just you're that meticulous. You're, or- you're so meticulous, but you didn't put the toilet seat down. Like, what is going on? Lots not adding up here. And do we have any final thoughts before we wrap for the day? On a what? All of it? I Anything? Mean, I- yeah, life. The meaning of it. <laughs> Me. I just. 
I just feel like I won't stop. I'll talk about this with everybody tonight. Like I have to go to the stand tonight. I'll just be like, did you guys know about this case from 1995? Like I will not, I'll just, this is all I'm going to care about. Oh, the stands, this is ex- the basement, yeah. back to the scene of the, the crime. Bas- I'll be in the basement tonight, you guys. So. The next time I talk to Ashley, she has a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want like, I want someone to like, tell me a story and me just be like, what about this? Like, I, I just, I like to think about this kind of stuff. I just can't do it too much or it'll consume my life. You know, I mean, welcome to our lives. This is our life every week, every week, every day. I mean, this is how the podcast started because I couldn't stop talking about the Gabby Petito case to anyone who would listen, you know, like to a man on the street. I was like, Hey, have you heard about the Gabby Petito case? He's like, okay. Um, you know, apparently they, you know, people at Trader Joe's don't like having small talk, but um, <laughs> that's why I went there. I was like, someone here will talk to me. The cashier. You would think that's this. Yeah. Think? This has definitely affected my life, though. I go I take the dog for a walk on like a road up in the hill or something. And I'm like, OK, well, there's going to be a dead body around here somewhere. So that's literally what I do on the walk is I look for a crime. Oh, wow. See, this is the difference between men and women. I think I'm going to be the victim of a crime. And you think you are going to see a crime. I think I'm, I'm like, I got to get the mace. And you're like, ooh, whose body am I going to discover? Yeah, maybe I'll be, a- <laughs> you know, and yeah. maybe the hot convict in London will discover my body. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. You guys, this has been an extraordinary episode of Real Time Crime. We've covered everything and more today. <laughs> and with our lovely friend, Ashley Hesseltine and sometimes Dimitri. Ashley, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, You can listen to Girls Gotta Eat podcasts, Mm. wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, I am Ash Hess on Instagram and TikTok. I just, you know, I go in waves. So there's probably no fresh TikTok right now, but um, on everything, I'm Ash Hess on Twitter too, A-S-H-H-E-S-S. And thank you. And if you're in New York, you can come see me at the stand. I'm there all the time. Just my headshot is all over their website. So just check me out. (laughs) Your mugshot or your headshot? (laughs) It's it's a little bit of both. I like it's a headshot when you're upstairs, but when you're in the basement, it's a mugshot. mugshot. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I you guys, yeah, your your headshot is on the wall upstairs. Your mugshot is on the wall downstairs. I mean, I could just do this all day. (laughs) You guys, we're coming to a close for today. Just want to remind you if you want to leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the pod. We'll uncover a new case that you bring to us. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, thoughts about my stupid jokes, please let us know. You know the call and live number. It's 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-21-CRIME. 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-212-7463. Oh, Ashley's the first guest host that didn't dance to that. Wow, Ashley. I'm going to forget that. I'm just trying to forget that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I have to go. We have a, I have like a Raina and our, one of our other. Yeah, no worries. We know you're busy. Okay. I'm super busy. <laughs> I was late and now I have to go. Um, but I will, uh, are you in LA too, Dimitri? I am. Yeah. I'm from New oh, York nice. though. So I do go back. I'll stop oh, by nice. the stand next time I'm there. Just do it. Yeah. And I mean, if you ever become single, just let me know. Again, it, this is not for me. I can't stress enough. And uh, I mean, I, I find you attractive as well, but it's for Raina. Uh, and Raina just walked in. Raina, I'm on this podcast <laughs> yes. and I, I asked this. I, Raina, like, come over here. No, Raina, this, is where, get, no, no, this Raina, is where it gets weird. No, Raina, this is where she comes in and she goes, just, are you kidding me? See, no. Come let me know if you like think Brian this Lyman. guy's good looking, Raina. <laughs> yeah, Raina, just come over here, please. He's married with kids. It's not just come see if it's your type. We just need, we need a confirmation, Raina. 
Raina's gonna no. Raina. <laughs> Isn't that your type? Raina, hi, I'm Leah. Is this your hi, type? I don't usually know. look this ugly. Um, I just wash the makeup <laughs> off. I don't care, whatever you don't worry. I normally have a full head of hair uh, in the whole thing. <laughs> See? Exactly. My Instagram is Raina.greenberg if you and your wife ever split up. Leah, we'll see her in LA. Uh, thanks for Love having me, guys. Okay, well, um, bye, Ashley. Sorry for making it weird. Okay, bye. We loved it. Bye. 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 It's real time crime. It's real time crime. It's real time I mean, is it actually real time crime? Are we solving anything? Or is that just a thing we say? It's a thing we say. Got it. Okay. See you next week for more real time crime only on iHeartRadio. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.